We are dealing with Romans, and, and we got two more lessons on this, and, and then uh, we're going to be moving on to another sermon series. But today in Romans, we are going to be talking about victory in Jesus. Turn to somebody, to your neighbor, and say victory in Jesus. Wait a minute now. If y'all were at a basketball, y'all be like, victory! So I need to hear y'all say, victory! (laughs) Hallelujah, that's right. We're going to be talking about victory, victory, victory on today. But not just victory in ourselves. Not just victory in in what you can do. But it's going to be victory coming through the power of who Jesus is. The power of Jesus is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be starting at verse 26 in Romans, the eighth chapter in Romans, the eighth chapter. And I'm going to be reading from the amplified version. And the first verse, it says in the same way, the spirit comes to help us to us and help us in our weaknesses. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should but the spirit himself knows our need at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groaning too deep for words how many of you have ever been through something and you cannot put what you're going through into words it may hurt so bad or you may not understand it so bad and you can't even put it into words you'd be like girl I can't I ain't got words to express I don't even know what to say girl she made me so mad uh I don't I I ain't even got words to explain how mad she made me y'all ever been there you ever been to the point that you've been so frustrated and you're like oh my and you're pacing and you're like what in the world This scripture says when you don't even know what to put, how you're feeling into words, the pain is so deep. What you're feeling is so deep. You cannot even put it into words. But this scripture says that he comes to help. He comes to help. So my first point is, y'all know me, I'm going to dive right on in. My first point is, is that when you're going through whatever you're going through, you must remember that you got help. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got help, girl. You got help, man. You ain't in this thing by yourself. You ain't going through this thing by yourself. You got some help. You got some help. You got a holler help on this morning. You got some help. It says that he comes to help us when you're weak, when you're feeling low, when you're like, I can't do this no more. He comes to help. He says when you're weak, it says that weakness. And when you don't know what to pray. See, a lot of times when we pray, sometimes we can pray out of our emotions. We can pray because we're so upset. We can pray because we're so frustrated. We can pray from ourselves, and we go to God. God, um, man, brother Antoine made me so upset. Kill him, God. That's self. That's self. Or when you say, um, Lord, I, I just, I just, I, 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 girl, man, just let him, let him go through this. That's self. And let me tell you something. It was, I, I, I tell you what, and I'm a sidebar here. I used, I would pray. Somebody would make me upset. God, 
God, just strike them down, Lord. You know, I want them to feel what I felt, God. I want them to go through what I've gone through, God. No, that's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. When you pray that prayer, when you pray ill will on somebody, when you pray that sickness come and strike somebody, get their attention through sickness, that's witchcraft. So we don't want to be workers of witchcraft, but what we need to be praying is saying, God, have your way in their life. God, if you don't, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, what are our mama used to say? Don't say nothing at all. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, then all you got to say, Lord, is he's yours. She's yours. God, have your will in their life. If you don't know what to pray, if you can't pray nothing nice, but the Bible says here, it says that the, uh, we do not know what prayer to offer or how to even offer it as we should. But the spirit, he knows our need at the right time, at the right time, Holy Spirit. And we're talking about the spirit, Holy Spirit. When I preached the last time, I talked about the spirit that raises Christ from the dead lives within you. Many of y'all remember that. I talked about that same power that raised Christ from the dead is now living in you. That same that same breath, that same breath, that same breath that, that, that was in Christ, that raised Christ from the dead, now lives inside of you. Take a breath. That breath, it lives inside of you. And you remember I said sometimes we, how we, we cut the oxygen off or we're hyperventilating. Some of us are not. And I talked about how much our body requires oxygen. So our body, just like our body requires oxygen, our body, our spiritual man requires the very breath of God to breathe within us. And so it says that the spirit will, he will, he knows our need. He goes into that secret place, that thing that you've not even told anybody deep down within your heart that you've been holding on to for years and years the spirit can go in and he sees that and then it says he knows your need and then he intercedes in other words he goes to the father on your behalf with sighs and groanings that's too deep for words he puts what you're feeling and he goes to the father and he says father my sister wendy my sister, uh, my brother, Pastor uh, Robert, he's dealing with this. He's dealing with that. And all you may know how to say, oh, God, I cry out to you, God. And the spirit takes that, oh, God, and he takes it before the father. And he says, father, my daughter is dealing with this. Father, my daughter is crying out to you. Father, my daughter needs deliverance. In that groan, he takes it to the father and he presents it. To the Father, and He intercedes on your behalf. Hallelujah. And then verse um, 27, and it says, and He searches the heart and knows the mind of the Spirit. See, that's why it's important that you have Holy Spirit operating in your life. It's important that you have Holy Spirit moving in your life because it, it doesn't say according to windy spirit but it says according to the spirit knows the mind of the spirit doesn't know the mind of windy but he knows the mind of the spirit see holy spirit is a person the bible says that or there's father there's trinity father son and the holy spirit so let me break that down to you the father created the universe 
It says the three, and we go back into Genesis. And it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Father sent, after Adam and Eve sinned, he sent Jesus down to redeem us back into that original relationship that was in the Garden of Eden. And so what Jesus did was he died on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he said that, look, I've got to go away. But I'm going to leave you a comforter. I'm going to leave you somebody that's going to help you. I'm going to leave you somebody that you can call on. So that somebody that is here and living within us, that somebody that is here now is Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is just like Jesus. He's just like the Father. He's the three person of the Godhead. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is here to help us. And it says that he does, he knows knows the mind of the spirit the spirit that is within us is because uh, uh verse 27 intercedes before god on our behalf and people in accordance to his will accordance to the will of the father according to the will of holy spirit not according to your will because sometimes our will is jacked up sometimes our will is 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 flawed by what we see sometimes our will is flawed by what we deal with sometimes our will is flawed we cannot accurately pray because a lot of times we're praying from self a lot of times we are going to the father and asking for things that God knows that we are not prepared for God knows that we cannot handle it so therefore the spirit says you're praying Lord give me a new car and you ain't even got a job so you're going to get a car, but you can't make the car payment. So Holy Spirit says, uh, uh, all right, nah, give him a bicycle. Father, give him a, bi- <laughs> give him a bicycle. But uh, y'all get what I'm saying. He's going to f- present to the Father the will and pray in accordance to the will of God. How do we know the will? The will is wrapped up in what the word says. See, what happens is, is that Holy Spirit goes to the Father and he connects with the will and because the connection of the will is there then God says yes Nicole I can do this because now it has lined up with the will the Holy Spirit is going to pray in accordance to the will of God in accordance with God's will let's go to verse 28 and then it says and we know with great confidence because now the spirit has helped us. He's, he's, he's brought the situation to God in accordance with his will. And so now it says, and we know with great confidence that God who deeply is deeply concerned about us causes all things to, to work together as a plan for good. Let me stop right there. It's working for your good. That's my point number two. Whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever you don't seem to be understanding right now, I want you to say to yourself, it's working for my good. It's working for my good. I may not understand it right now, but it's working for my good. It didn't say some things. It said what? All things are working for my good. The thing about it is, is that God knows how to manage every aspect of your life. He knows how to put the pieces of the puzzle together of your life. See, when you get in it, that's when it gets all messed up. When you start trying to deal with it, that's when everything starts going haywire. When you start trying to figure things out, that's when it starts messing up. 
So sometimes we just have to sit down and let God's plan work and say, God, I don't understand this, but it's working for my good. God, I'm hurting right now, but it's working for my good. God, I I, I need to be going this way, but God, I'm going to stand right here because I know that it's working for my good. It's working for my good. I need for you to understand that. Working for your good. And then I I stopped at work as a plan. God has a plan for each and every one of your lives. Your plan, Sister Sydney, is not the same as my plan. The plan that God has for me, Kaylin, is not your plan. So you can't come over here and jump in and say, oh, I'm going to walk out past the Wendy's plan. No, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> or either, oh, that looked good. I, oh, I, I like what Stephanie's doing. Let me jump over here and do what Stephanie's doing. No, uh-uh, because if you try to walk out Stephanie's plan that God has ordained and set for her, guess what? You're going to fail. The plan that God, the sufferings, the various things that each and every one of you have gone through is because of the plan that God has on your life. You may not ever understand it, but when you connect with the will of God and when you get in your mind, it's working for my good. You can see things that you have gone through. You're better than you were before you went through it. And I, 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 um... I went through a very hard situation in my life and I thought, I mean, I thought it was devastating. I thought it was going to take me out of here. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't eat. I lost so much weight and I just began, I said, okay, the Lord told me, look, every day when you get off work, you go to church and you just lay on the pews. And I think I did that. For about two months, I just laid on the every day after I got off work, I would go to the church and I could get in the church and I would just go and lay before God because I was hurting that bad. I was just it, it, it felt like my life was over. And I said, Lord, if you don't do something, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. There was times that I didn't have I felt like I had nothing else to live for. I had family and all of that, but they just it. it I couldn't even talk about it with them because it, it, it just was so devastating. I felt like that they did not understand. So all I would do is go to church and just pray and pray and pray and pray until one day this church that we were going to used to have what you call shut-ins. And shut-ins is where you go and you just lay before God and you're praying and you're getting around other people that are praying. That's why you don't need to forsake yourself for coming in here and getting with other people. Because, see, sometimes you could be down. Sometimes you could be going through. But somebody that's next to you could be calling on God and help to pull you through. So I was in this shut-in. And when I was in this shut-in, I could see the picture God, I, I, I was crying out to God. And I'm going to tell you, I used, they used to have prayer lines. And I was in the prayer line every Sunday. Until one time somebody came up to me and said, you're the prayer line lady. I sure am. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. So what if I go to the altar every day? Where are you at? You watching me. You need to come up here with me and get your deliverance. And so I was crying and I was crying out to God. And I saw 
God do just like this. This was the book. And he turned the page. He turned the page. He said, now this chapter of your life is over. I'm writing a new chapter. And when he started writing that new chapter, all that I had gone through, all that I had experienced, all of the pain that I was dealing with was in essence a catapult to greater things that God was going to write in that new chapter. New characteristics. Things didn't bother me the way that he used to. I had a different pep in my step. When God turns the page, you ain't going to be able to understand it. When God turns the page and starts writing a new chapter, you are going to see greater things. When God turns the page, say turn the page. Turn the page. Turn the page. Turn the page. Hallelujah. It's working for your good. And it says that it's uh, for those who love God. See, don't think that you're going to sit here and, and do whatever you want to do and it's going to work for your good. It says that those who love God, not just, oh, have a casual relationship with him. Oh, I can come here on Sunday mornings and I'm not hitting on nobody, but I can come here on Sunday mornings and I can do what I want to do all through the week. And then, God, you're going to make it work out for my good. Nope, that ain't what it's saying. It's saying you have to love God. And it says to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. You got to get yourself into position of God's plan and his purpose. You can't live any kind of way. You can't do any kind of thing and think that, oh, you know, um, um, uh, uh, they came and repossessed my car. God, I know it's working according to your plan. No, you didn't pay your car payment. God told you instead of going out and buying that new outfit that you should have been paying your car payment. (laughs) Am I right? God says to tithe, but you decide that, oh, I'm going to tip God. The Bible says to tithe and he will pour out a a, a blessing upon you that you won't even have room enough to meet, but you want to tip God. But when your money runs short, oh, it's working for my good. No, it's because you didn't tithe and there's no covering over your finances. God says all things are working together for my good, my good. I'm taking this for me, y'all, my good who are called. I ain't saying that I got it all together. You don't have to have it all together. You may not be perfect. Ain't nobody in here perfect. All perfect people stand up. (laughs) We're not perfect, but we're striving. We're striving. We're striving to love God more. We're striving to be in God more. Says a call according to his plan and his purpose. And then um, verse 29 It says that for those who he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete satisfaction so that he would be the firstborn. In other words, what this verse is saying is that he has called us beforehand, but he's called us to conform us to the image of the son of God. How many of y'all ever played with Plato in here? And so y'all know how you have those little cookie cutters and you say, and you take the cookie cutter, boom, boom. And, and it's all, you got all these different pieces. 
Well, what God did, when he saw you, he had a plan for you. He had a purpose for you. So what he did was he took the cookie cutter. He took God's cookie cutter and boom. He says, okay, this is what I need Kaylin to be. This is what I need Sheena to be. And according to the plan, he made us. And, but we must cooperate with the very plan of God. A lot of us don't want to cooperate. A lot of us fail to cooperate. How many of you know that you can get more things with it that when you're flowing together and cooperating? If you're going this way and I'm going that way, we're not going to get anywhere. Pastor Robert talked about the sprinter last week and he had the baton in the hand. And the thing about it is if one runner is running that way and the other one is running that way, there's no way that they can reach their destination. So in order to reach your destination that God has designed for you to go, you must cooperate with the plan. You must, well, Pastor Wendy, what is the plan? I don't know what your plan is. But you got to seek God and say, God, what is your plan for my life? What is it that you want me to do? What is it, God, that you, you got me doing? Where is it, God, that you want me to go? Who is it, God, that you want me to line up with? God says, get in my word. I'll, I'll, I'll pour it out to you. See, when God turned the page, it was because I had came to a point that I said, no longer can I do it. But God, you got to do this thing. I done talked, women, y'all, we can talk, can't we? (laughs) And and, and I'm a paralegal, so man, oh man, oh man, this man right here, God bless him. Because, you know, we, we, we we can have some heavy, intense debates. And I'm debating, and he's like, okay, okay. And I'm like, but, okay. We can do that, can't we, y'all? We so convincing, ain't that right, Sister Nicole? But, you know, God. And they're like, mm-hmm. And so when, uh, I don't got sidetracked, y'all. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it's not your way. It's not you lining up or, God, you're going to have to line. I'm going to put this into place. I'm going to do this. I, I got it all planned out in my head. Now, God, here, you come work this. No, God said it's the other way around. You don't try to. Make God line up with your plan. You line up with God's plan. You're trying to figure out why things is going wrong. Or you're trying to figure out why you're trying to work harder instead of smarter. God says line up with my plan and you ain't got to work at all. Line up with what I got for you and you don't even have to do anything. Because I'm going to cause doors to open and all you got to do is walk through. So lining up with the very plan of God. So the plan and I'm almost done we got to get into cooperation he wants to form us into the image of his son so when people see us they see Jesus when people see us they see love when people see us they see mercy if you holding on to unforgiveness you ain't lining up with his plan if you holding on to anger you ain't lining up with his plan you're not being conformed in the image of his son. If you got hatred or bitterness in your heart, that's not conforming to the image of God, of the son of God. The son of God was forgiving. The son of God was compassionate. The son of God, he got angry, but he sinned not. If you're getting angry and you're sinning in your anger, then you're not lining up with the very image of the son of God. And so my last point is found in verse 31. 
it says, after all of this, God, what then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? Who can be successful against you? If God is for you, when you line up with God, God and you come into agreement. And I put an equation, but I did not put it in my notes. It says God plus you is an unconquerable army. God plus you is an unconquerable army. So in other words, when you link up with God, you may not see that army that's fighting on your behalf, but God's got an army. He's going to call down 10,000 angels to work on your behalf. You may not see what's working in the spiritual realm, but God says, come on down, fellas. Come on down. I got some help that, that I need to bring and help Wendy with. When I line up with God, now, now, I want to go one place real quick, and it's found in Romans 1 and 18. He only causes it to work together for our good if we're walking in him. Uh, Romans, the first chapter, and that's not, that's not part of, uh, it's not a scripture. I just need you to write this down. The Amplified Version says, one, and starting at verse 18, it says, for God does not overlook sin. So he's not going to make it work together for your good if you're living in sin. He's not going to make it work together. What is sin? Sin is anything that offends God. So if you need to check it, God, is, your, is, is my lying? Is it, 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 am, I, it, it, is, am I hindering you working for my good? You know, you cheating? It's tax time. A lot of times some folks want to go out and cheat on their taxes. God ain't going to make that thing work together for your good. So it says, um, God does not overlook sin. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickednesses suppress and stifle the truth. In other words, you know what the truth is. You know what you're doing is wrong, but you do it anyway. You know what you're saying is wrong, but you say it anyway. God says, it says that um, he doesn't overlook that. He's not going to overlook it. You need to get it right. And it says, because that which is known about God is evident within them in their inner conscience, for God made it evident to them. In other words, you know God is God. You know that God is a God of love, but he is also a God that is a loving God that he's not going to let you get so far. He's going to chastise us. The Bible says that. He says that, you know, if an earthly parent uh, uh, knows how to give good gifts to his, his children, how much more do the father know how to give to us? But it says that no chastisement at the present time seems comfortable. It doesn't seem right. But in the end, it's going to work in us a greater uh, uh, salvation, a greater glory. So if you get chastised by God, you just need to go and get that thing straight. How do I know I'm getting chastised by God? I don't know. You got to ask him. You got to put your own self in check sometimes. You got to put your own check and self inside. But it says, um, verse 20, it says, for ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship. 
Um, and then it says all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made uh, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without uh, defense. Pastor Robert and I come in here Sunday after Sunday preaching you the word of God. We're not giving you any lies, but I'm giving you straight what the word says. You come in here Sunday after Sunday. There's no excuse. Not because of us, but then you have the word of God. You can read it for yourself. And it says that you've seen so many wonderful things. You know that God has created you. You know that you woke up because God woke you up. It wasn't because of your alarm clock that went off. But so many wonderful things that God is doing in your life and in the lives of other people. He's saying, I've created this. I haven't allowed for this people to be wiped off of the face of the earth. I'm showing my love to you day in and day out. You don't have an excuse. Says no excuse. No excuse. Without defense. You don't have a defense. You've seen the goodness of God. And I'm going to skip all the way down. It says, um, but God gave them over. So if you want to keep on shacking, guess what? And you know it ain't right. God's going to say here. I'm going to give it over to you because that's a choice that you're making. He says, because by choice, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. You exchange what you know is right to say, I'm going to fulfill the desires and the lust of my flesh. You want to continue to go the way that you're going. You want to continue to lie. You want to continue to act the way you want to act with a bad attitude and say, well, that's just the way I am. No, God's trying to change the way that you are. He said, you want to keep doing that? He said, so in other words, I'm going to give, I'm going I'm to let you go on and do that. You can keep right on doing it. I'm not, I, I've been pulling on you, pulling on you. Y'all ever been that way? You know that God's been pulling on you, but you, uh, uh, you sit there and you continuously say, no, not right now, God. God, I'll do it later, Lord. I'll pray later. I'll, under, I'll get in your word later. God, I don't have to. And before you know it, you ain't praying at all. Before you know it, you ain't reading the word at all. Before you know it, oh, I can skip church this Sunday and I'll go next Sunday. And then something comes up next Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, something else comes up. And before you know it, you ain't been to church in a whole good six months. Because you made a choice in the very beginning. To say, I'm going to, I'm not, I, I'm going, I, I, I'm just going to not do this today. I choose to do this over here instead of choosing to do what is right. It says that. They exchange the truth for a lie and worship and serve the creator. You worship and you serve your job. You worship and you serve your money. You worship and you serve things rather than the creator of those things. They were more important to you. And so he says, you exchange it. You did it. I didn't cause you to do it. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him, this is verse 28. He says, uh, consider him worth knowing as their creator. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do the things which are improper and repulsive. So in other words, because you chose to do it, he said, fine, I'm not going to, uh, you know how it is. Sometimes we can tell somebody, Mm-mm, don't do this. Mm-mm. And they keep on, or the child, uh, I'm going to touch this hot stove. Hot. You hit them the first time. Or you say, no, nah, that's hot. Now, don't touch this. First of all, you're going to talk to them. Don't touch the stove. When I'm in the kitchen, don't come in the kitchen. Say, Mommy, I want to come in. And so all all of a sudden, it's like, okay, didn't I tell you? Now you go ahead on. That's how God is. 
And then you keep wanting to come in and you come in and next time they're like, didn't I tell you don't touch that? And so the next time they sneak behind your back and they're like, ah! And you kind of just look at them, I told you. That's how God is. God will sit here and he will continuously work with us until he, he knows. He knows your heart. Remember what I said in the beginning. He searches our heart. So he knows when your heart has turned from him. He knows when you have decided that I'm just going to do what I want to do. I know what's right, but I'm, I choose to do what I want to do. God knows that very moment when you make that decision to do your own thing. And so it says that he gave them over to do the things that were improper and impulsive, a depraved mind. In other words, you don't even have a mind to do right. Your mind has just become corrupt. The Bible says that let your mind be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of the word of God. And I had to experience that this week. I was uh, talking to Stephanie and them on the way here. And I told them that I was, my thoughts were just racing. And, and, and it was in affecting the way I was feeling. It was affecting my inner man. And I was like, God, I don't like the way that I'm feeling. Lord, you need to deal with the way that I'm feeling. And I heard the Holy Spirit say just as good. He said, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge and the word of God. In other words, when those thoughts come, when those thoughts of depression come, what does the word say? I cast that thought down and I bring it into the knowledge and into the will of God. When that thought of anxiety comes, I cast it down and I command for my thoughts to line up with what the word of God because great peace have they, they which love thy law and nothing shall offend thee. What peace have I because I'm going to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge and the will of God. If I am walking around I'm upset and discouraged and depressed, that is not the will of God. You got to go. If I'm walking around with a woe is me attitude, you got to go because the Bible says that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. If I'm walking in lack, that, that thought of lack got to go. I just can't make it. No, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the whole world. I got to cast it down. I got to bring that thought Unto the obedience of what the word says. So in other words, to bring it into the obedience of what the word says, you got to know what the word says. You're not going to always be able to come. What does the Bible say? What You got to have it in here. I don't care. It could be just one scripture. Psalms 23. Go get in it. Woo! Let me, let me turn to this real quick. Psalms 23. I'm going to just read this to you real quick. It, it, it just... Whew. Bless my soul. Psalms 23. Y'all just listen to this. And I got it. In the, I read it in the amplified version. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> He's my shepherd to feed, to guide and to shield me. When I'm hungry, he's going to feed me. When I don't know which way to go, he's going to guide me. 
When, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, all I got to do is stand because he's going to lift up a standard. He's going to shield me. And then it says that he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, even though I walk through the valley, the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil for you are with me me God your rod is there to protect me your staff to guide me they comfort and console me God even though every all hell is breaking loose you're preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies you have anointed my head with oil and my cup God is overflowing hallelujah surely goodness and mercy His unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell forever throughout all the days of my life in the house and in the presence of God. See, that first verse was what got me. He shall make me, he causes me to lie down. See, some of y'all, God is trying to get you to lie down and you're like, God said, lie down. But I got to see God. I know I got to lie down. Some of us just need to lie down. God's saying Lie down so I can make it work together for your good. You keep getting up. You know how it is. Mommy, what are you doing? Didn't I tell you to go to bed? You put them in the bed. Mommy, I got to use the bathroom. You ain't got to use the bathroom. You just use it. Go lie down. Because you know how it is around Christmas time. You're trying to wrap gifts. Y'all, well, not anymore. But anyway, I don't want to spoil nobody. But anyway, you're trying to keep a secret. You're trying to put something together. You remember how I was trying to put that bike together? And now every time you turn around, you heard some little feet coming. Oh, shh, shh, shh. Go lie down. I got something for you. God said, I got something for you. Just lie down. Just lie down and receive what I got for you. No opposition is my last point. It says, yes. Going back to Romans 8. Romans 8 and 31. It says, what shall I say? Though I'm going through all of this. If, if, if God is for us. The if comes in, you got to be lined up with his will. You got to be serving him. You got to love them. It says, who can be successful against us? Outside of God, outside of the love of God, you're not going to have any victory. I said that God plus you is an unpenetrable army. An unpenetrable army. Laura, come here a moment, baby. This is Lauren, okay? So, Keith, come here a sec. I want you to stand behind her. So, in other words, stand back a little bit. So, in other words, Diamond, give me a sec, babe. I want you to stand right here. So, Act like you're going to bully her. Act like you're going to do something to her. Just just talk. Don't hit her now. Don't hit her. Don't hit her. Come on now. All right. Just, 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 just make some threats against her. 
just, just whatever, anything. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. God, that don't sound convincing. I'm going to get you. So Lauren turns around and she goes in her secret prayer closet. She's been living for God. She's been doing all this. She's been paying her tithes. She's been lining up with the word of God. Yeah, little people pay their tithes too, don't She comes into alignment because she says, Lord, I love you and all that I have is yours. She, she turns around and she says, Daddy, diamond over here. I don't like the way that she treats me. Lord, I, I just give that situation to you. And so you turn around and you lying down right now. So daddy says, okay, he heard Holy Spirit brought it to him. So in other words, brother Antoine, come here. You stand right here. So Holy Spirit turns to the father and say, Father, Lauren is down there and she's got a situation. She says, Holy Spirit says, you know, she's been walking in my way. Lord, I don't, she's feeling fearful. She's feeling afraid. But Lord, she's casting every care upon you because she knows that you care for her much. And so you tell Holy Spirit and you say, angels, Sheena, come here a sec. Um, all three of y'all, just come on up. I couldn't even think of y'all name. Y'all go up here. And so in other words, I need you to right here. You ain't going to be behind the father. Come on, come on, right here. So you, these are all the angels. So Keith, you turn around and you say, come on, boys. We come. Come on, come on, fellas. Now we coming, and we coming to work on Lauren's behalf. Now we're going to say what you got to say about it now. What you going to do to Lauren? You got to get through us to get to Lauren. What you going to do now? You ain't so bad now, are you? Because we got her back and we got her front. Do it now. Do it now. But. Since you want to act that way, do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you know that Jesus cares for you? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know that Jesus saves? Do you know that Jesus is a deliverer? Do you know that God will heal you? And so what you end up saying is, Lauren, come here, sister. So you end up saying, Lauren, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to act to you that way. Look, what church do you go to? I go to open altar worship center. You want to go with me? Yeah. And so they go off together to church. Praise God. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. I pray y'all got something out of that today. My God. You don't have to go at it by yourself. Give me my three points. up. You got help. Know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, You got help. And when you line up with with the will of the Father, when you you give yourself to God, I was listening to a preacher on this week, and she said that I didn't know anything to do but say help. I've been there to where I hurt so bad.
I done did all that I know how to do. And I could not do anything but say, help, Lord. Help. Mother Parson is my witness. I had been, well, I was diagnosed with a medical condition. And I went to go see this oncologist. And I was living with Mother Parson at the time. And I said, Lord, I'm too young to die. I got too much to do to leave this earth. I'm my mother's youngest child. I don't want to leave, Lord. I know that there's more that you have for me. And I cried out to God. And that particular uh, uh, Sunday, I got up in the prayer line. And I told our bishop, I said, Bishop, I told him exactly what was going on. See, sometimes we want to we wanna candy coat it, but there comes a point in time you just need to let it all hang out. And I just laid it all out to him. And so he prayed and he had other people reaching forth to me in prayer. And Mother Parson will tell you, I went to surgery that next day. Went under the knife and went under anesthesia. And the oncologist had told me they were going to have to cut me from here all the way to here. Because they were going to have to take out lymph nodes and stuff. And so when I woke up that next morning, or when I woke up after coming into recovery, I'm, I'm sitting here feeling my body, thinking I'm going to have all this pain from here to here because they were going to have to remove all of those lymph nodes. And when I got to an awareness of where I could hear who it was that was there with me in recovery, they said they didn't find any cancer. They didn't find any cancer. I went in under the knife thinking one thing, but God turned that thing around. He said, I don't know what happened. They saw it. They saw the cancer. But when they went in, they didn't see any cancer. Am I right, mother? They didn't see anything. The oncologist said, I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened, but I know what happened. My God, my God, cause this to work together for my good. I found out that God is a healer. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, maybe you got some things that you wanted to work together. You're saying, God, I need to line up with your will. I'm not quite lined up, God. Pastor Robert talked about the lanes. I'm I'm a little out of on the left of my lane, God. Lord, and I'm dealing with this. And I I need to turn it over to you. If that's you. God, I'm tired of going through what I'm going through. If that's you, just raise your hand. 